What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler, and it's Position Preview Madness Week continuing here on Wednesday night, uh, and we are talking wide receivers tonight. Uh, we've done preview uh, episodes this week already on quarterback and running back, so if you have not given those a listen yet, please do. It will help you as you prepare for your draft. Uh, but in the meantime, Bart, uh, it's full speed ahead, right? It's time for wide receivers. Yeah, man. Running back was a doozy. I think we uh, I think we might have talked about five or six running backs for the Cowboys at the end there. Uh, we went really deep, and I'm sure we're going to go deep with wide receiver today. Maybe even deeper, uh, because uh, we could probably talk about 100. So I'm sure, uh, you know, at the top we were talking about tiers off, uh, off microphone here. And uh, yeah, I've got about five tiers in my top 20. And then I probably have five tiers with my next... 70 <laughs> or 80 so i've got some big tiers after that so it's those are definitely like the important tiers to talk about but i tell you what i like a lot of receivers in that 20 to 40 range so i may have big tiers but like it's just because i like a lot of those guys so uh general strategy wise we kind of talked about this with running backs but like um i kind of like getting a couple good running backs at the top definitely uh two in my top four in like my first four rounds uh, because i don't mind hammering wide receiver in those middle rounds uh in that quote dead zone a running back dead zone like we talked about so uh, what's your overall strategy here with a uh, wide receiver yeah no I mean I think it it just pairs with what we were talking about on the running back preview show and I think we're both sort of swimming against the tide a little bit on this one because mm-hmm. it's the trendy thing right now is to take those wide receivers at the top of your draft I mean I think we're seeing more wide receivers going uh, early in drafts than we than we typically do and it's just been trending in that direction I think uh a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, people are kind of having an assumption of full point PPR. Um, of course, there is the safety of wide receivers compared to running backs. But um, but yeah, I, I, I will just kind of reiterate what I said on the running back show, which is uh, those bell cow running backs are going to outscore. If they stay healthy, they're going to outscore the top wide receivers um, in half PPR certainly and probably even in full PPR mm-hmm. um certainly in standard as well uh of course so uh in a lot of formats um those those top running backs have the most upside and also I agree with what you're saying about how how the depth of wide receiver plays out I mean it kind of makes sense intuitively right uh, like in a standard NFL formation you're going to have yeah three receivers on the field a lot of the time you're Mm -hmm. usually going to only have one running back so yeah it makes sense there would be more playable options at wide receiver than there are at running back and honestly like you said 40 I think I'd go close to 50 before I Mm. see a real massive drop off where I you know it gets to to players like I wouldn't want in my lineup I think there's a lot of depth at the position and that's why I I sort of agree with what you said which is hammer those running backs at the top um, I mean you know play the draft as it falls to you maybe uh, you know <laughs> if Justin Jefferson falls to the seventh pick or something like that you'd probably take him there right uh, <laughs> of course but you know so like it, it's all within what happens in your draft but generally speaking um, if guys go pretty close to where their ADP is I think uh, in a lot of draft slots it makes sense to start out with a running back or even two and then uh, hammer wide receiver in those third, fourth, fifth rounds, uh, th- that dead zone running back round you were talking about. Yeah, and you mentioned Justin Jefferson. I do have him as my number one overall player. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler are, are obvious choices at the top as well. So, 
you can put those guys in, in different orders. I do have Justin Jefferson in a tier of his own. You know, the guy's awesome. He had, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's just increased year after year. Um, I mean, if his numbers keep going, he's going to have 200 targets and 2,000 yards and, you know, double-digit touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen, but you're you're just being contrarian if you don't put him as your number one receiver, you know? It, it's going to be hard to, to sort of, you know, replicate. and be, Like, guys don't often finish as the number one receiver back-to-back season, so you could say that, but, like, I'd have a hard time not not ranking him number one and taking him number one if I'm if I'm on the clock as far as a receiver. What about you? I do have him number one. I don't I don't feel quite as strongly as you do though about like you're just being contrarian if you don't have him number one. I mean, I just I think if you look at at the data, I mean he didn't outscore the other top guys by that much. It's not like it was like a runaway you know train where he just completely dominated them. I mean actually Cooper Cup outscored him in half PPR on a point on a uh, per game basis and as you'll recall Cooper Cup was also the number one wide receiver in 2021 so like if you know I I'm not saying I would I have Justin Jefferson ranked ahead of Cooper Cup uh, because Cooper Cup is older and his offense is has some question marks um, and he you know did miss some time last season so uh I think those are factors, but like if Cooper Cup is healthy all season, it wouldn't shock me at all uh, if he ends up outscoring Justin Jefferson. It wouldn't shock me at all if Tyreek Hill outscored Justin Jefferson. He finished only one point per game uh, below Jefferson last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamar Chase, same thing. Like, and even guys like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown. Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be a huge surprise to me if any of those guys ended up finishing as the number one receiver this year so I do think the I do think Jefferson has far and away the strongest case to be number one and I'm not you know I'm not being contrarian and ranking somebody else there but like I could see it you know I yeah. I think it's um it's just we have to acknowledge the unpredictability of fantasy football from year to year yeah and I could see it too and that's why I like my second tier is guys who you mentioned who who I could see being the number one wide receiver Tyree Kill is my number two Jamar Chase is my number three. I do have Diggs at four, uh, and that's my that's my mini tier of guys who I really think I could see as the number one overall wide receiver. and And I have Cooper Cup starting my next tier, hmm. so I didn't loop I didn't lump Cup in there just because you know he's already dinged up a little bit. He was injured last year. I know in the running back episode we talked about injuries a little bit and not trying to predict injuries, um, but it does scare me off a little bit. But like like you said, if he's healthy all season, he could easily be the number one. Uh, overall uh, wide receiver like he was two years ago so um, I could I might consider lumping him into that tier with those other three receivers yeah that's interesting I, I don't have digs in, in and and by the way I don't have Justin Jefferson in a tier of his own I have him mm. in a four person tier uh, with Ty- I also have Tyree Kill as my wide receiver too uh, then Jamar Chase and I have Cooper Cup uh, as my wide receiver four and to me those four guys all are in the same tier. So, okay. uh, I, you know, like I said, uh, Jefferson is not, is he belongs number one, but like it wouldn't surprise me in the least if either of those other three guys ended up outperforming him. It would surprise me a little bit more with Diggs. I mean, I think Diggs is an extremely safe fantasy asset, but he yeah. just hasn't shown the same kind of ceiling, I feel like, that the other guys have. Um, you know, like Diggs is, he seems like the kind of receiver that always finishes in that, like, three to seven range you know what I mean and like that's what I would expect from him again uh this season uh so 
don't hate the pick at all, but I, to me, he's he's not in the same tier with those other guys who I think all have a pretty uh, decent shot to finish as the overall wide receiver one. Yep. I, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I'm just going back and looking at 2020. He was third. 2021, he was seventh. Last year, he was fourth in half PPR. So you're right. This is more of like a, I think he will finish fourth <laughs> versus I think he has a great chance to finish first. So um, if I was, I think, I think you're right in saying that Cup really could be the number one and Diggs probably is just going to be like the number four or five. Yeah, and so when you take a step back and look at this in terms of like ADP, um, you know, Justin Jefferson is going first overall on mm-hmm. average in half PPR. Uh, Jamar Chase is going third overall. Tyreek Hill's going sixth overall. Cooper Cup's going seventh. So, like, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like if I could if – I, if I was dead set on taking a, a wide receiver in the first round – uh, and I could choose my draft slot, I'd almost rather just pick in the middle of the draft and take mm-hmm. whichever guy falls, which is probably Cooper Cup, uh, rather than taking Justin Jefferson first overall. I, you know, I just, to me, um, I guess it obviously depends what kind of players are available in round two and, and things like that. Whether You know, a lot of leagues do third-round reversal now, so that would make picking at the top even worse. Um, but, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't see a huge gap there. So like, uh, uh, you know, there is the risk with cup, but if it means you can get somebody like Tony Pollard in the second round, rather than having to take like Najee Harris or something, I yep. mean, that's like a huge difference. I'd much rather, I feel the gap between those guys is far larger than the gap between Jefferson and cup. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, if, if you have the like 11th or 12th pick, uh, I'd be fine grabbing digs and getting a guy like Tony Pollard. I think that's a nice double tap and making sure you get one of those top running backs uh, who has potential to be, you know, top five running back. And we talked about in the running back episode, you really want to get one of those guys. So whether it's first round or some value in the second round, um, yeah, the more I look at ADP, I'm like, wow, all those receivers are right up there and, you know, four in the top seven. It's just very different uh, landscape than we've, than we're really used to. It, it's shifting a bit. And, Sometimes you want to zig uh, when you know, or zag when people are zigging, or vice versa. So I, I'd say more more often than not, I'm going to try to go running back in the first round. Um, but yeah, let let the value come to you. Yep. And let's dig in a little bit on uh, Tyreek Hill versus Jamar Chase. Was that was that sure. one where you had Tyreek Hill ahead of Chase all along, or, or was the Joe Burrow calf injury mm. something that caused you to flip them in your rankings? Yeah, I, I drafted we, – well, we both drafted Tyreek Hill and Scott Fishbowl. Um, and as I was kind of looking at things, like during the offseason, I might have had Chase over him. You know, it was probably, you know, two and three or whatever. It was close. Uh, I did lower Cup with the injury. Uh, I think I might have had Cup three. So these guys have shuffled around a little bit for me. I think Diggs has kind of stayed where he is. But, yeah, Hill versus Chase, I mean, we talked about this a lot last year. I really see Chase and Higgins as sort of a 1A, 1B. Uh, Chase is definitely a more dynamic, explosive player, but – yeah, with the Burrow injury, you know, he could be a little bit slow coming back. That's that's a consideration. But Tyree Kill just setting, like, you know, just having career numbers without Pat Mahomes. I mean, the, the route, I mean, the with him and Waddle, it's like that's where all the targets are going in Miami. So it's a really good situation. It didn't really change much. And if two is healthy, I think, you know, Tyree Kill, the ceiling is the number one overall. So I, I just... I like I like him a, a little bit more, but yes, it is splitting hairs. But Tyree Kill still awesome and just so explosive. So he's a fun player to have in fantasy. So yeah, he's my number two. Yeah, I you know I am I'm still thinking about it. I, honestly, like the recent reports on Burrow have been very favorable, and it sounds like 
he's really going to be ready to go mm-hmm. for week one. I, I mean, you know, because a few weeks ago there were those those blurbs uh, on the you know the roto wires and the fantasy pros blurbs about um, it was actually I believe it was Tyree Kill saying like he didn't want. Uh, or, I'm sorry, not Tyreek Hill. It was uh, <laughs> Jamar Chase saying he didn't want Joe Burrow to rush back mm. uh, and and that he should take his time and maybe miss a few weeks, you know. So uh, that seems like ancient history now. It really does seem like Burrow's going to be good to go. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, I, I think um, just looking at last season, Jamar Chase caught nine touchdowns in only 12 games, whereas mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill had seven in 17 games. So... I do think the touchdown upside is significantly higher with Jamar Chase. Um, and, you know, I, so I might actually flip him because I do feel like maybe the – and Jamar Chase also could just take his game to another level. I mean, he's still young. Sure. He's he's just, you know, c- continues to get better. So um, he doesn't have any age-related concerns, obviously. Like, I mean, I, I don't think he'll – is at the age cliff or anything like that, but that is just a, a small factor there. So yeah. that's one I might still consider uh, changing once we get like final confirmation that that Joe Burrow is uh, all set for Week One. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I mean, yeah, Jamar Chase is still just twenty three years old. <laughs> the kid was born in the year two thousand, not even in the nineties. So yeah, he's young, and uh, yeah, the, the he could have a lot lot better days ahead of him uh, starting this year. So yeah, that's a that's a good point. And yeah, with, we'll see what happens with Burrow, and so. Where do you have Diggs uh, in, in the next tier? Yeah, he is at the top of the next tier for me. Okay. But uh, this is a, another four receiver tier for me. It's uh, it's probably who you would expect it to be. It's it's Diggs, Devonte Adams, AJ Brown, and CD Lamb. Okay. Uh, you know, I think with with Diggs and Adams, it's just like every year these guys are top five, top seven receivers, and I they're just so talented. It's kind of like. You just know they're going to do what they do, um, and uh, you know I know I know Devonte Adams is is uh, dealing with a quarterback change this season, but I don't really see going from Derek Carr to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as any kind of earth shattering change for Devonte Adams. Like in some ways, these quarterbacks that are like, <laughs> um, you know more middle of the road quarterbacks they, mm-hmm. they they're gonna just focus on getting the ball to to adams even more you know what i mean because it's yeah. like that's that's where their bread is buttered and maybe they're not you know like a guy like patrick mahomes might enjoy going through three or four reads on on every pass play <laughs> i'm not sure that jimmy garoppolo will so i i think he's just gonna feed adams uh relentlessly and um, we've just seen it with adams it's just every single year the consistency he's just uh, even at even at his advancing age, I would say, has a pretty good claim to being the most talented receiver uh, in the game still. So um, I think those two have to be next. And then uh, A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. I mean, A.J. Brown's just a freak of nature, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, we talked about it a little on the QB show. I feel like Jalen Hurts made some really big strides as a passer last season and could make even more this year, especially if their defense isn't quite as good as it was last year that could open things up in the passing game more. So uh, A.J. Brown's another guy. Like, I I wouldn't ever bet against him. Like, you know, him finishing as the overall wide receiver one is in the realm of possibility, even though he's not necessarily, like, a high-volume guy the same way some of these other guys are. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I'll give you my next tier. So it has Cooper Cup instead of, you know, you have Diggs, so we're, we're flipped a little bit there. But I have a little bit bigger tier here. I have Cooper Cup, 
I have Amon Ross St. Brown at six, so you didn't mention him. I have him up here above some of these guys. And then I have A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, who you mentioned, Devontae Adams, and I also have Jalen Waddle in this tier. So I have a little bit bigger tier here, and these are all guys that I would be more than fine. I mean, Cup's not falling to round two, but these other guys are all kind of like round two guys. So if I'm taking my running back in round one and I'm getting one of these guys in round two, I'm feeling great about that, even all the way down to Waddle. You know, for all the reasons I talked about Tyree Kill, it's like the target share. It's like it's those two guys. You know, they don't re- like Mike Gesicki is a pretty good tight end. They didn't use him. You know, they didn't throw to their tight end. It's it's those two guys, and they run the ball. So I love how how dynamic of a playmaker he is at the bottom of this tier. Totally agree with you on AJ Brown. I've I've had him as a keeper in uh, my home league for three or four years now because I drafted him pretty late one year, and I keep keeping him. And I you know since he's been in Tennessee now now in Philly, I just love the way he plays. So. I mean, he's he's just amazing. I couldn't say enough good things about him. But Amon Ross St. Brown is in this tier for me. Just, you know, he he's he's kind of playing above his head a little bit when you look at him being a fourth-round pick and, you know, kind of a, a smaller, a little bit more, sl- like, slight uh, guy playing in the slot. But, like, he had a lot of touchdowns that were, like, down at the one- or two-yard line last year. So, like, he, he could be due for a little bit of positive regression. Jamison Williams has that suspension. I just think the volume is going to be there, like, big time. And, obviously, this guy plays with a huge chip on his shoulder. You've seen the videos of him, like, naming all the guys picked ahead of him. I know that's narrative street, but, like, he's he seems like a guy on the rise. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I might pick him ahead of some of these guys, like Devontae Adams, uh, who has a little bit of a question mark with the quarterback, like you mentioned. Um, I know you're not as worried about it because it's Devontae Adams, and I get that. The volume will be there. But I might just take a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown over him. Wow. Okay. I yeah. I mean, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, but definitely not as much as you do. Um, you know, I look at like so. So the guy in that in that tier I just mentioned that is borderline for me is CD Lamb. Like he's almost mm-hmm. down in in the next tier with Amon Ross St. Brown. But then I look like when I compare their stats from last season, I mean, they had virtually the same number of catches: 107 catches for Lamb, 106 for Amon Ra, Mm -hmm. but the yardage, I mean, uh, 200 more yards on those same number of catches for CeeDee Lamb. So I feel like much more downfield playmaking ability. Like CeeDee Lamb's just, I just think he's a better naturally gifted player than Amon Ra St. Brown. Like Amon Ra St. Brown is, uh, he's great at creating separation. He's great in the short and intermediate parts of the field. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned he could, he could have positive touchdown regression. He just doesn't profile to me as a, as a double digit touchdown kind of a guy. Like I, you know, I mean, maybe he would have scored a couple of those, um, but I could also see the six he had last year not being there, you know, like I could see it going in the other direction even. So um, that's, I, I worry a little about the touchdowns. I worry a little bit about like, do you really think he can do that much better than he did last season in terms of yardage? I mean, he finished with uh, 1,161 yards, uh, which is a lot lower um, than those upper echelon guys we were talking about. Those guys were all, you know, C.D. Lamb was at 1,359, but then A.J. Brown was almost at 1,500. You know, Stephon Diggs over 1,400. Devontae Adams over 1,500. You know, so I don't, I'm not sure he can get into that echelon of, of receiving yardage. I don't think he can get double-digit TDs. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like Amon Ra is better in full PPR because he's, he is going to catch a ton of passes, but, mm-hmm. um, I just don't see the same level of upside. So that's like, that's why he's in the next year down for me. Um, and so is Waddle, honestly. I, I mean, he's a really talented player too, but I, he's another guy. I sort of, I do wonder how much tups, touchdown upside he'll have necessarily. Um, just him and, and Hill kind of feeding off each other. 
Um, you know, I, I, I kind of look at last year as like maybe a best case scenario for Waddle. I mean, he had 1,356 yards and eight touchdowns. That's pretty good. But he still only averaged 13 points per game in half PPR, which was less than Keenan Allen. It was less than DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was less uh, than, than St. Brown and Lamb. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like I, I, I think he's a really like high floor safe guy. I just don't I don't necessarily see top five upside for Waddle um, or St. Brown for that matter. Whereas like the guys in my top two tiers, I, I think I see a path uh, to top five finishes. Yeah, and I mean we have a little bit different tiers here, so these guys are all in my tier three. So and I, and so I kind of agree with you there, but I do think like Amon Ross St. Brown, like I mentioned with Jamison Williams, uh, with the suspension, and I look at the, you know they brought Marvin Jones back, they have Josh Reynolds, they have Khalif Raymond, <laughs> the, you know like Hawkinson's gone, you know they drafted Sam Laporta, he seems like he could be good, um, but like the targets are, I think he, I think the targets could be there. He had 146 last year, he had 119 as a rookie. Uh, he could, I mean, he could get 160, 70, 80 targets. So like if the volume is there, um, you know, because I think they're going to throw him the ball. So I just, I project him, you know, kind of climbing with the targets, uh, sort of keeping that trend up. So I, your point's taken about like not getting as much downfield stuff, but I think the target volume could help him there. Okay. Fair enough. Like I, I don't hate the player at all. Like, I mean, I feel like Amon Ra and Jalen Waddle are both very high floor, yeah fantasy options and and that's kind of the thing about wide receivers like i feel like all of these guys have pretty high floors you know um maybe you argue cooper cups like a little bit riskier i don't know but uh, generally speaking i mean my, my concern with lamb and the reason i almost moved him down even though i do think he like from a pure talent perspective is uh belongs in the tier with Diggs and adams uh and aj brown but um, I do, I've mentioned it on the Dak Prescott, uh, discussion on the Q- QB show. Like I do think this offense could be uh, a little vanilla and a little mm-hmm. slow and run heavy. Um, so that might reduce lamb's opportunities, but, um, at the same time, I, you know, I just don't think they have, I mean, they've got a gap to fill a tight end. Um, they did bring in Brandon cooks, but like, uh, you know, I, I think lamb is going to get the vast majority of, of the uh, production um, in the Dallas passing game. Like he's kind of the only guy in the Dallas passing game that I'm, that I'm really targeting. So, um, so I, I still kept him in that tier for that reason. But, um, but I actually have a couple other guys in the tier with Amon Ross St. Brown and Jalen Waddle. This is my third tier. Uh, I have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson in that tier uh, Mm, because uh, those are two guys that also, I, I mean, it's a little bit of projecting obviously with them, but I feel like they both like looked really good <laughs> as rookies, you know, and uh, they they were terrific prospects as well. So uh, I'm just sort of thinking, projecting that they're going to take a step forward in, in year two. I mean, they both went over a thousand yards as, as rookies. It was just, you know, they didn't, they didn't get in the end zone that much. I mean, Alave and Wilson both only had four receiving touchdowns, but I think they can, significantly improve on that i mean yep. there's no reason to think these guys can't be red zone weapons um so uh i i see the touchdowns coming up i think the yardage is uh you know wilson was at 1103 alave was at 1042 like i could see those coming up uh by 100 200 yards as well so i think they're gonna creep into that same range uh with with waddle and amon ross st brown this season Okay, yeah, they're they're in my next tier. Um, I'll give you my tier four because I have Garrett Wilson and Olave in there, and I agree with you. Like they could both 
be I mean they sh- they both should be number one receivers on their on their team uh, so they're in my tier four but I have T Higgins and Devontae Smith ahead of them who really are like the like again like the one B in really high powered offenses so I lump them together again if I'm looking at ADP I see that um, you know Garrett Wilson ADP 21 uh, Devontae Smith 27 Olave 26 T Higgins 31 so these are all guys you can get sort of in that third round so if you decide to take maybe one of the top three quarterbacks or maybe you draft Mark Andrews in the second round something like that I'm still perfectly fine with getting one of these guys as your number one wide receiver if they fall to you in the third round so again we talked about you know taking the value I love these guys I love T Higgins uh, Devontae Smith was uh, I mean he was awesome last year Jalen Hurts obviously took a big step forward and Devontae Smith went from 104 targets as a rookie to 136 in his second year, caught 95 of them for almost 1,200 yards, had seven touchdowns. Just a dynamic play, uh, you know, player, too, out of Alabama. Uh, First-round pick. He was the number 10 pick overall. So, like, the pedigree is there. He's, uh, you know, the slim reaper, they call him. Another, like, kind of slight guy. But, like, man, he just he catches balls and makes plays. He's awesome to watch. So, I like A.J. Brown better. I like his physical play. Um, and, man, if, like, A.J. Brown, like, we've seen him get hurt. Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard could really pick it up in case of an injury too. So Devontae Smith, I have no problem with him being my number one receiver. Yeah, no, I mean, I have them at the top of the next tier. So I, I, I'm not going to argue it too much. And I do think uh, you can sometimes get a nice discount on Higgins and Smith just because they are quote unquote, the, the wide receiver too in their offenses. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, people like to draft the guy at the top of the depth chart. And sometimes in fantasy football, uh, the number two receiver on a great offense is better than the number one receiver on a average offense. So for sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I definitely like that a lot. I just, I guess what I would say is I don't, I mean, sh- short of an injury to chase or to AJ Brown, I don't see the same level of upside necessarily with them that I do with some of the guys above them. And that's why they're down in the fourth tier for me. Okay. Um, but like, I think they have a really good chance to finish in that, wide receiver 10 to 15 range for sure all right so um who's your next tier have we gotten through because I'm, I'm through my wide receiver 14 at this point so where are you yeah we've talked about the same 14 guys i think at this okay. point but in the tier <laughs> with higgins and smith i also have keenan allen dk metcalf amari cooper and calvin ridley uh, oh so, calvin ridley yeah i'm really buying into what calvin ridley is showing um this preseason i I think the Jaguars are just going to be one of the best offenses in the league this year. Calvin Ridley was a star in the making in Atlanta before his career kind of got off track for a couple of years. Um, but he's he's still like in the prime of his career, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So and all the reports in the preseason have just been glowing. Um, and honestly, like apparently what they what the Jaguars are looking at doing uh, is lining up. Uh, Zay Jones and Ridley out wide um, in two receiver sets. So Christian Kirk might only be in in three receiver, and that's going to be their base set, like what they mm-hmm. what they run the most often. But even so, I mean, I think that just kind of shows that they see Ridley and not Kirk as the as the alpha in the offense, you know, um, because it's not Zay Jones. I think we can safely say that. But Kirk had a really really nice season last year, um, so there was some question about like would Ridley would they kind of slow play it in terms of uh, acclimating him to the offense and let let Kirk continue to operate as like the traditional X kind of receiver? Mm-hmm. And I think based on what we're seeing in the preseason, it seems pretty clear to me that Ridley's going to play that role. Um, so I, you know, I think that's uh, that just increases his upside. 
Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty bullish on him this year. Okay. Well, I have Ridley a little bit lower. He's he's 23 for me, and he's in a huge tier that we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I do have Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf here at 15 and 16. Uh, you mentioned Amari Cooper. I have him as tw- at 20 at the bottom of this tier five for me. I have a couple other guys we can get to in this tier, but I'm with you on there on those guys. I have moved Amari Cooper down slightly. We talked about him last year a little bit. Uh, I feel like he, you know, he comes with some big games and some duds at times. I, I don't think he's like the most consistent guy. Uh, all of these guys, like I, I'm again, I'm I'm really okay if if DK Metcalf, if Keenan Allen, if these are the first wide receiver I take in a draft, like I feel fine with that as long as I'm getting value at other positions. Calvin Ridley is the one that, that worries me. I agree that he has like big upside. He's still young. I don't know how many Alabama receivers we're going to talk about. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, know, you think about like Deshaun Watson having that year off and how rusty he was. Totally different position. I'll give you that. But it's just in the back of my mind, like it just feels risky, you know, if, if Ridley is like the first receiver. Now, if the way your draft's going, he's the second guy you get and it's upside, I like it. Um, that's why I think I have him a little bit further down. Yeah, I get that. I, I mean, it's just it's been a while since we've seen it from him, so that's that's sort of the thing that that maybe gives you some pause. Um, yeah. But like, you know, he's going. Uh, I'm just looking at ADP now. I mean, he's going at uh, pick 38 on average. Uh, yep. So you're talking Wonder about fourth 16. round pick. I mean, so you know, honestly, if you're if you're hammering running back in the first two rounds, like you could potentially get two receivers from this group. You know, like yep. So, I mean, because of the ceiling that Ridley has, in my opinion, like, I think I like pairing him with a Higgins or a Devonta Smith, something like that, you know, like a, a more high floor, lower ceiling guy. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that could work out well. Um, Keenan Allen, like, you know, un, he's another guy like that. He's probably not going to be a top five receiver, but like, as long as he stays healthy, like he's going to be a top 15 guy. He always is, you know? Oh, yeah. Um Metcalf is more maybe in the Ridley range, like with like a little more unpredictability in terms of uh, what he's going to give you. Um, but like, generally speaking, I I mean he's he's got as much like as much upside. Like he could be AJ Brown. You know what I mean? Like I really mm-hmm. I've always felt that about DK Metcalf. Like he has the potential <laughs> to have the kind of season that we've seen from AJ Brown. On you know uh, he's still young enough for that to happen at any time. So you know I'm pretty bullish on the Seahawks offense this year so uh so like to me Metcalf and Ridley are kind of a little little riskier but tons of upside and then Higgins Smith Allen I'd say are higher floor maybe a little lower ceiling and Cooper I would put in that category as well I understand your point about maybe game to game but like for the season as a whole like he's gonna get his you know yeah and, he'll be good and I actually think he might have some sneaky ceiling this year because if if Deshaun Watson does revert back to vintage Deshaun Watson. I think mm-hmm. you could see a huge season from Cooper. Yeah, I was just I was just looking at Keenan, Keenan Allen because I was remembering his season. I had him in Scott Fishbowl, and it was you know I had a little bit of a struggle at the beginning. I came on strong. I made the playoffs. Went went fairly deep. I think I made it through a couple rounds. And I remember Keenan, Keenan Allen's season because he was injured for a bit. And I'm looking at his stats from week 11 on. And if you take out week 18, which was a huge week for him, but if you take that out because most people don't play in week 18, he was still the number eight uh, in, in uh, points per game uh, wide receiver and half PPR. If you included week 18, but, I mean, most people don't, he'd be the number four. He had a huge game in week 18. So, yeah, yeah. he was awesome down the stretch. Yeah, and I think we're both pretty bullish on Justin Herbert uh, yes. having a big bounce-back season. 
um, just with the changes they've made in their offensive game planning as well. Like they're going to run at a faster pace, uh, run, you know, run plays at a faster pace. There's going to just be more, uh, more opportunity to go around, I think. Mm-hmm. And this offense was a little frustrating last season. Like it, it just felt like they didn't maximize what they could get out of the talent they had. And I think this year that's more likely to happen. So, um, yeah. yeah. So as long as Keenan Allen stays healthy, I think he's going to have a really nice season. Well, to that point, I'll just let me run out my top 20 because I have Mike Williams in there too. So I have Mike Williams as my wide receiver 17. And to me, this is a little bit risky too because talk about staying healthy. He has a hard time doing it. And so it, it's kind of more like Calvin Ridley to me. When you're talking about him, I'm thinking Mike Williams, I don't want him to be my number one receiver. But if he's my number two, if that's how the draft's fallen to me, and uh, I think I have him a little bit ahead of like ADP and ECR. So I probably will get him in like round four. And I also have the other Seattle receiver or one of in Tyler Lockett. So, you know, Tyler Lockett doesn't get a whole lot of respect. He's getting a bit older. Um, he outperforms DK Met- Metcalf uh, quite a bit. So like, I think he belongs up here too. And I also have Debo Samuel at, at uh, wide receiver 19. And I realized that like his numbers went down a bit with Christian McCaffrey coming over second half of the year, but man, Debo is such a good playmaker. And if they keep giving him the ball a little bit in the, the running game, which that went down a little bit with CMC coming over, I just have a hard time lowering him out of like my top 20, but he's again, one of those guys who I would be comfortable with him being my second wide receiver. So in my top 20, it just depends on how the draft's going. These are guys who I would be okay being that number two guy. Yeah, I think I would be too. I think this shows kind of the depth of wide receiver. Uh, I do have Debo a little bit lower. I've got him at wide receiver 23 Mm -hmm. and I actually have a, a whole tier of guys that I put ahead of him. Um, that tier for me is DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Lockett, and Mike Evans. Um, I just, I just like that with those guys. Um, I feel like the situations are pretty predictable. You know, like it, it's predictable with Godwin and Evans. Like we've seen it year after year. These guys are just going to get a ton of targets, and yeah. there's not really anyone to challenge them. I mean, Russell Gage is out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I did just pick up Trey Palmer in our uh, Dynasty League, as you may have noticed. I think you might have put a bid oh. in for him, too. <laughs> I forgot to I forgot to look. You know, you yeah, and I, often... I did. I actually bid $7 of our $200 budget to get him. I really nice. wanted him because I was already thinking about rostering him even before the Russell Gage injury, but uh, now it seems like he's the, he's the natural... Um, heir apparent to Mike Evans down the road. And I have Evans in, in that league as well. So uh, I wanted to get get um, him on my roster. I think he's got – he would need an injury to Evans or Godwin to really matter this season in redraft. But mm-hmm. uh, I wanted him on my dynasty roster. But back to those two guys. I, I, like, I know that they don't have Tom Brady there anymore. But, I like, I've said it about Baker Mayfield. Like, he's not a great real-life quarterback, but he's willing to chuck it, you know. And, like oh, – yeah. I think that actually could be just fine for Godwin and Evans. Those guys are going to get plenty of targets. Uh, I agree with you about Lockett. I mean, like, especially now with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba dealing with a fractured wrist, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if he's back for week one, and I don't think he will be, um, it's pretty much guaranteed he's going to start out slow. And Lockett and DK Metcalf are going to be back in their familiar roles. Uh, so I think Lockett is a great value this year. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, not not the player he once was, but he's just – I was talking about it when we were talking about Ryan Tannehill the other day. Like, he's going to get so many targets. Yeah, and, you know, Hopkins – maybe it's because Julio Jones went to Tennessee and pretty much died there, and he was an old receiver. I, I worry about, like, this older receiver going there. But, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is nowhere near where Julio was in his 
um, you know, career at that point. I mean, Hopkins isn't quite quite there. I have him at 27, a bit lower than you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's in this giant tier six that I have. I have like tw- wide my wide receiver 21 through 32. I have a huge tier of guys, and this is what I was talking about. And then I have I'm not going to name names yet, but we'll get to them. Then I have a tier seven wide receiver 33 to 40. So like I have these two giant tiers from like 21 to 40, and I just I like I like a lot of these guys, and I'd, I'd actually if I don't dra- draft a receiver until then, or maybe I draft one, I'm getting a couple more here. I really like the I really like the value, and I like a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but just just tying it back to the specific guys that you did mention, like Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. I, I'm typically the lone the low guy on Debo. Um, I just I feel like he's more of like an athlete than he is like a wide receiver. And I just, you know, he kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin back in the day. Like, yeah, um, very dynamic, exciting player. But is he really going to get that consistent usage? I mean, like what led to that massive fantasy season two years ago was that, you know, they basically used him as a running back, you know, and like, I don't think that's going to happen now with Christian McCaffrey around. It wasn't sustainable anyway. And Debo recognized that and said, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't, I don't even want to be a, a running back. Like, I'm not going to last in the league that long. I don't blame him. Look how running backs are treated in free agency and all <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but also, like when Brock Purdy took over last season, I feel like he really uh, latched on um, to Brandon Ayuk, and uh, you know, had a really nice rapport with him. So, uh, and when Kittle is healthy and Samuel and Ayuk are all healthy, I just. Um, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot to go around, you know, it's a very efficient offense, but it's not necessarily a high volume passing attack. So, uh, I worry just that Debo is not going to get quite enough volume. Um, you know, I have him again at wide receiver 23, but I have him in the same tier with Brandon Ayuk. Um, I do have Debo at the beginning of the tier and Ayuk more at the end of the tier. Uh, but I, I, to me, they belong in that same group And, and Mike Williams belongs in that group for me as well, just because, uh, it's the same thing. It's it's volume. I you know I just don't really see. He's never really been a high volume guy. He's more of a big play mm-hmm. downfield kind of guy. Um, you know I do think he's capable of scoring more touchdowns than he did last year. I mean that was that was a little surprising actually that he only had four touchdowns in thirteen games yeah. last year. So I think he can he can up that some, uh, but I don't necessarily see him uh, you know approaching. 80 90 targets uh or or, i'm sorry receptions or you know going over you know 1200 yards or anything like that um despite uh the uh offense that he's in i uh, i I think he's a a, i'd be totally fine with him as my wide receiver too i just personally think that um you know the tampa bay guys and lockett uh have just kind of been more consistent uh you know top 15 top 20 receivers than, than mike williams has over the course of their careers Yep. Well, I'll just mention, like, you, you talked about the Tampa Bay receivers. Mike Evans, I have wide receiver 25, Godwin 28. So they're in this giant tier six for me. I have Brandon Ayuk at 31. So, he, you know, about 10 spots lower than Debo, uh, roughly. Uh, so maybe similar to, to you, you know, kind of how you're seeing those two. But, yeah, Ayuk's getting a lot of off, you know, praise in the preseason. And like you said, Purdy did did like throwing to him. He, like, he loved throwing to Kittle, too. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Debo is banged up a little bit down to the end of the year. So it's like a it's a very small sample of him playing with Christian McCaffrey because we didn't see like, you know, seven, eight games of it. We saw like five, I think. So um, we'll have to wait and see. So I'm going to say give you a couple more guys at the top of my tier six. Um, I had Terry McLaurin a lot higher, and now he's dealing with turf toe and, you know, could be out a month, could be longer. These are things that linger. I moved him down to wide receiver 21, but like, 
I might move him down to like wide receiver 30 or even he might fall far, farther to me uh, depending on how things shape up and I don't know where I'm going to pick him in my draft Saturday if if I'm even looking at it I also have Drake London at wide receiver 22 you know we've talked about this Atlanta offense it's not going to be some high-flying you know tons of passes but Drake London I think could take still take a, a nice leap in year two uh, loved him coming out uh, he was uh, pretty sure he was the top wide receiver taken in the draft uh, pretty high in the first round um, so yeah, I like Drake London. Even in a low-volume pass attack, I think he can be efficient. I think he can catch touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, so I think I don't think I would let him slip out of like that wide receiver two range because I think he has the upside. I don't think he's going to be a top ten wide receiver because that that offense is going to keep him from doing that. But I think he could be like a wide receiver fifteen to twenty. So I kind of have him here at twenty-two. Where do you have uh, these guys, McLaurin and Drake London? Uh, I've got McLaurin at wide receiver twenty-eight and Drake London at thirty-one. Uh, so a little lower on those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, McLaurin is a guy that I, I like. I, I really like the player, but I think if you look at his history of, of fantasy production, like it's not quite as good as you would expect. Like he's always solid, um, but he just never really kind of had, he's never had that massive fantasy season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's a player that like, I don't know. I I sort of feel like he tends to just be, a little bit overrated um, in fantasy circles, um, but and and now he's also uh, you know beat up. I mean, it sounds like he's going to be okay for week one, um, but uh, I just think Jahan Dotson is a, is a really exciting talent. So uh, I've really narrowed the gap uh, between those two and how I have them rank. I mean, I do still have McLaurin ahead, but it's you know McLaurin at twenty eight and Dotson at forty, and mm-hmm. I could even see moving making it a little closer than that, honestly. So yeah. I moved um, Dotson up to 36, so okay. I've, I've been narrowing the gap a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and then Drake London, yeah, it's just – I love the talent. I mean, when I watched the guy um, – watch tape of him, you know, um, preparing for our rookie draft uh, when he was coming out, I was like, he's my favorite receiver in the class. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he looked like Cooper Cup to me, honestly, the way he was playing in college. Um, but, like, I don't know. It's just – it's it's going to be tough. It's going to just be an uphill battle in Atlanta. And, uh, this is another one where to me, there's just such a big discrepancy between dynasty or redraft. You know, it's like, I don't want to have to bet on Drake London and redraft. I just don't, I don't want to have to project that he's going to, you know, take this huge step forward in terms of his ability, um, you know, his, his readiness to contribute and that the offense is going to facilitate that and Mm. allow him to do that. It's kind of like two separate things for me. Um, so, uh, that's why I have him down at 31. Uh, but you know, like if he's my wide receiver three or something like that, I like yeah. I don't hate that at all because there is that upside you're talking about. Um, but uh, generally speaking, this just goes to show what you're ta- what you were saying before the depth here. I mean, like there's a lot of guys around here uh, that I'd be happy to have on my team. Like I'd be happy to spend uh, you know a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick on guys like this. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, my tier with Debo at the top has Jerry Judy at 25. Christian Watson at 26, DJ Moore at 27, then McLaurin, Marquise Brown at 29, and Ayuk at 30. So that's the that's the tier of seven guys I put in here. Yeah, um, I actually while we were talking, I moved Mike Williams up. You'll be happy to know. So yeah, I'm so I'm I'm you're selling <laughs> me on him a little. I moved him up in the tier with the Tampa Bay guys and Lockett and Hopkins. I think just based on the excitement of of that Chargers offense and the potential. Yep. Um, upside that Williams has I I think he does belong in there but this other tier for me the guys just all have some question marks you know like I mentioned it with Debo 
Um, Jerry Judy, like he should be the number one guy in Denver, um, but it's always been a little unclear, I guess. Um, you know, he certainly put some distance between himself and Cortland Sutton last season, I think. Uh, but the, it's a new regime. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be great. It could be a little disappointing. Again, I don't want to get burned twice by the Denver passing game, you know, so <laughs> that's why I, I'm a little cautious with my ranking of Judy. Uh, Christian Watson, like, He's he's the ultimate like Rorschach test player this season, I feel like, because he was so electric on so few touches last season. Um just you know, some of the metrics like he he you can you can come up with stats where he's like a top five guy. You know what I mean? Sure. And then you also and then you look at other things like the fact that he's not gonna have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. It could be a pretty conservative offense. Like Romeo Dobbs is more naturally profiling as like the the target hog, I guess, than Watson. Maybe Watson's more like a Mike Evan or a Mike Williams type, I should say, and and uh, Dobbs is more like the Keenan Allen type, you know. Yeah. Um, so like those are question marks. So I end up putting him at wide receiver twenty six. Where do you have him? Christian Watson, I have at the at the very bottom of this tier six. All those guys you mentioned, they're all in this tier for me. And there's there's one name you didn't mention, and we can get to him. It's Deontay Johnson. But otherwise, like I have all these guys in this giant tier, so I'm like I'm right here with you. We just have some of these guys ranked differently, you know. Like mm-hmm. if I get Christian, well, I won't get Christian Watson because I'm I'm ranking him 32nd, and his ADP is, you know, up here at like 25. You know, Jerry Judy's uh, ADP is wide receiver 23. I have him ranked 26. DJ Moore's ADP is wide receiver 22, which feels really high because <laughs> yeah, I have him at I wide agree. receiver 30. I mean, that Bears offense. He's he's a good player. We've talked about him. He's I don't think he's a great player. He's a good player, and I just don't think the volume is going to be there. I love Justin Fields to take a, a step this year. We've talked about him. Um, I think a lot of that's going to be with his legs. Maybe some of it's with the passing, but like not enough for DJ Moore to be just like a rock solid wide receiver too. I don't think so. I'm, I'm probably yeah. not getting much of him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like his uh, it's it's also a question of ceiling with him. You know, I mean, what is yeah. what does the ceiling look like for DJ Moore? I feel like it's like a mid wide receiver too. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is about where he's getting drafted almost uh, yeah. at his ceiling. Yeah. Um, Marquise Brown, too. I, you know, honestly, like I, I know everyone wants to like shy away from the Cardinals offense. It's it's kind of this train wreck we all see coming. But sometimes that can work out pretty well for the number one wide receiver on a team. You know, I it mean, can, yeah. their defense is probably going to be pretty bad. They're going to be down 20 points in the second half of games. Mm-hmm. And they're just the other team is just going to let Marquise Brown roam free in the middle of the field. <laughs> and Colt McCoy will just keep hitting him with 15-yard little little passes over and over again over the yeah. middle of the field. And that can add up in a hurry, you know. So I feel like he could be like a garbage time special kind of a player this season. I totally agree with you. And I'm, it sounds like we both have him ranked uh, way higher than ADP, which is – uh, ADP, it's a wide receiver 34. And so, yeah, I have him at 29. Where do you have Marquise Brown? I've got him at 29 as well. Yeah. So like we're getting some Marquise Brown this year probably. And like you said, he, he, in a, in an actual draft, like he may go higher or lower. That's just an average of a lot of different things, of course, but I just picture him falling because of all those reasons you said. And I agree with you. He could be a, a garbage time hero. Like uh, Blake Bortles was <laughs> for the Jags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just don't watch the games. Exactly. So my next tier starts with Drake London. And honestly, these are still names that I like. And you mentioned yeah. Deontay Johnson. He's in this tier for me. Um, I just, you know, don't, I'm not bullish about the, the, the Steelers passing game and the fact that George Pickens is looking really good too. I feel like mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, 
there's going to be a pretty even target distribution. I feel like between the two are more even than it was last year. So, um, you know, I still think Deontay Johnson's going to get plenty of targets. He always does. He's, he's great at getting open. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and he should have positive touchdown regression, obviously, because <laughs> he had zero last year. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so that's pretty much guaranteed. Um, but I just, he's another guy, like, kind of like we were saying about DJ Moore. Like, I just, I'm not sure exactly how much upside he has. I mean, in full PPR, I guess he has, he has more, but, um, but he's in this group with me. Sky Moore is in this group for me as well. Okay. Um, I know that's a little dicey because we don't know for sure that Sky <laughs> yeah. Moore is going to be a consistent part of this passing game all season, but he certainly looks like the most likely of all of the Chiefs receivers uh, to be a fantasy contributor this season, a consistent fantasy contributor. Um, you know, he and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling are the two guys who are playing in uh, two receiver sets with the, the starters. And um, MVS, we know what he is. He's like a situational deep threat, you know? So yeah. uh, Sky Moore's the guy that could be uh, sort of the, the target hog behind uh, Travis Kelsey in this passing attack. Um, so I'm... I, I know he's got maybe a lower floor, but I think he has a high ceiling, and that's why he's at wide receiver 32 for me. Okay, and yeah, Sky, Sky Moore is wide receiver 41 for me, and he's at the top of not my next tier, but the tier after. So I have a tier in between. I, I don't have him quite as high as you. Um, but I'll just mention real quick on Deontay Johnson. He's he's down there just below Marquise Brown at wide receiver 35 in ADP. Uh, he's my mm-hmm. wide receiver 24. So like I'm definitely getting Deontay Johnson this year, and I'm fine with it because if you look at the targets, like – you know, rookie year, 92, then 144, 169, 147. And you're right about Pickens uh, becoming a little bit more part of this offense. Allen Robinson, I know he's been playing a lot in the preseason. I'm not trusting that. Um, no, you know, God, how could you? <laughs> at all. You know, if anything, Calvin Austin might, might – I mean, there's – I don't even know if we know who's going to be that third receiver yet. So we'll see. But yeah. I, I do think you mentioned uh, positive touchdown regression. Totally agree. Um, he just needs to – you know, get a hold of some of the drops uh, and just be a little more efficient. But you're right. He gets open. The targets are there. So, like, I like getting that, especially if he's, like, my third wide receiver. And we didn't mention this at the top, but a lot of leagues are three wide receivers. So, you know, some people, maybe that maybe that skews this a little bit in, in some leagues as well where people are drafting a few more wide receivers, and I would have no problem with him being my third. Yeah, and, I mean, some of these guys you can even get as your fourth receiver potentially, you know. Sure. Um, the other guys I have in this tier with Drake London, Sky Moore, and Deontay Johnson are Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman, and Gabe Davis. Uh, yep. So, I mean, Christian Kirk, I like I said, I initially had him higher. Uh, I just think as I moved Ridley up, I moved Kirk down. And uh, the fact that he looks like he might not be in, in their base uh, two receiver sets is a little knock on him. But, uh, I mean, Kirk was <laughs> – he was really good last season. He was yeah. actually the wide receiver 18 – uh, in fantasy points per game and half PPR, really wide receiver 17 because that's counting Michael Thomas who only played three games. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean he was he was really good last season. Uh, he actually outscored uh, T Higgins in points per game. He outscored Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, lots of lots of high end guys. DK Metcalf. So um, you know I I'm you know I think it was kind of like what you were saying about Debo, like you were hesitant to move him too far down the rankings yeah like i'm hesitant to move christian kirk too far down the rankings also because uh i really like i said i'm bullish on this jacksonville offense um and uh you know there could just be enough targets to go around for everybody uh you know zay jones is is gonna play a lot of snaps i don't think he's 
going to be a huge fantasy contributor. So Kirk is still going to have some big games. I just think um, it does cap his upside a little bit if he's not playing 100% of the snaps. Yeah, uh, and as far as Gabe Davis, you, you know I like him. He's on my he's on my team uh, in our dynasty league, and I, I I feel like you're getting a discount on him this year. He was like that hype train last year. He was he went from like a sleeper to uh, everyone's drafting him, you know, last year. And then of course, I think he had an ankle injury or something early on, which probably lingered a little bit. I'm looking at his game log, and I'm looking at you know fantasy pros, and of course I'm cherry picking here because I'm like, well, if you look at when you know he had his ankle injury, and then when he had this big week five game, if you look at week five to sixteen, he was the wide receiver 19 in, in fantasy points per game and so like again i'm cherry picking but like i do like the talent of gabe davis and i like the offense i just like i like getting guys in high-powered offenses and i think this is a nice guy to get in the josh allen led buffalo bill offense this late you know like you said this could be your wide receiver four so i'm with you on gabe davis he's in this tier with me uh, or for me at uh wide receiver 34 right there below christian kirk who you mentioned and i do have george pickens who you mentioned uh, in this tier as well. Uh, him as wide receiver 38. Where do you have Pickens? Um, I've got Pickens at wide receiver 41. Um, okay. He's moved up for me, so he could move up even more. Uh, Jahan Dotson could also move up more. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, after this tier, I have a tier of guys that I just, I don't know as much what to get, what we're going to get from them. Like, I kind of feel like, other than Sky Moore, like that other tier, I kind of know what we're going to get from Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman, and Gabe Davis. I, the next year for me is Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Jordan Addison, Dotson, and Pickens. Uh, so these are all guys that like mm. I feel has have a ton of upside. Like they're exciting play, young players that could really emerge as as uh, every week wide receiver twos. You know, yeah. Um, but they also might not. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I, I lumped those guys together in a tier. Well, let me uh, mention, you mentioned Jordan Addison. I think that's the first rookie we've mentioned. And I made a full list of my rookies. You know, I was like, I, I'm, I'm curious who you have. And I'm not going to go through the whole list because there's a lot of rookies in our rankings. But I actually, it might, it probably will come no surprise to you. I have Zay Flowers as my top rookie. Um, I, he's at my wide receiver 35. I do have Addison at wide receiver 37. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you mentioned the wrist injury. He's moved down slightly for me. He's wide receiver 44. And I, I'll stop there. I'm curious, like who you like is, if you're looking at rookies. So you have Addison first. Do you have Flowers next, and and who's third? Yeah, so for me, Addison's pretty clearly first. And again, it's only wide receiver 39 for me, so mm-hmm. it's not like I'm super bullish on him or anything. But I do feel like um, I don't, I just don't see KJ Osborne holding him off for the number two receiver spot. Yeah, for very long, if at all. And uh, I, we've just seen it with uh consistently with the vikings like they have two receivers that produce you know um Mm -hmm. so i really like the the situation for jordan addison zay flowers it's harder to get a read i have him and jackson smith and jigba back to back at our wide receiver 47 and 48 um now smith and jigba i moved down in the fantasy pros rankings because that's of course based on uh, how they're going to finish the season. And I think he's going to miss some games uh, at the beginning of the season. So that's going to reduce his fantasy output. Um, but in terms of like how I would treat him value-wise and drafting, it doesn't really change much for me because uh, I was expecting him to sort of start off slow anyway and have to mm-hmm. kind of work his way into the rotation. Um, so I still and, – and, and the big draw for me about Smith and Jigba is – if something happens to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, he's going to go bonkers, I think. So yeah. that's, and, and it's actually similar with Quentin Johnston, who I also have 
right there. Um, so I have, I have Flowers, Smith & Jigba, and Quentin Johnston all back-to-back at 47 through 49. Because I feel like okay. the same thing about Johnston. If, if one of the Chargers' top two guys goes down, I think he could really have a huge season as well. Um, Flowers, it's a little trickier. I mean, I think you could make a case he's got a better immediate opportunity for targets than those other two, but um, it's also more competition, like uh, in, in terms of like maybe less volume um, overall in the passing game. And um, and I, I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm higher than you are on Bateman, so that's probably mm-hmm. why I'm a little lower on Flowers. I just I think Bateman is in prime position to be the, the number one option. Uh, there so um, and I still think Odell Beckham has some potential as well so uh, that one's a little more in flux but I just uh, I'm treating it more like uh, you know Flowers is going to have to earn earn his targets over the course of the season the same way uh, those other rookies are going to have to okay I just I think Flowers can kind of hit the ground running from day one and I I don't believe in Odell Beckham Jr. staying healthy and and Bateman worries me too we talked about that uh, in the previous episodes uh, probably the quarterback one so yeah, um, and, and you mentioned uh, JSN. Yeah, even if he starts slow, I mean, don't trust Pete Carroll. If Pete Carroll says, oh, yeah, he'll be out there week one probably, well, he's probably missing a month. So <laughs> right. uh, be careful there. Um, I think they have an early buy, so really be careful there. But, hey, look at Christian Watson's game log. He didn't get going until week 10, and he was awesome after that. So um, everyone remembers, like, I think it was week one. I say everyone. I'm, now I'm like, do I remember it? Um, he, that ball that went through his hands, and, you know, he had a really slow start, and, and then he became – you know, maybe a league winner, uh, probably off the waiver wire. I know he was the waiver on the waiver wire in a couple of my leagues. So um, I wouldn't let JSN hit the waiver wire. Um, and who knows, if he does start the league like on the short-term IR or something, again, we talked about some of the strategy. You can draft him. Uh, don't let him fall too too low because you might be able to stash him and then pick up your defense or, or someone else. Yeah, yeah. And I did just move Zay Flyers up a couple spots. Right so, on. You know, I do. I guess he does have more immediate opportunity than those other than Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnson. I, it's just, I I still think he has less immediate opportunity than Jordan Addison, and I think he has less than Jahan Dotson and George Pickens, Elijah Moore. Uh, like I just think those guys are all locked in as top two guys on their yeah. offenses, and I don't know if we can say that about Zay Flowers. Like, while Odell Beckham is healthy and. Yeah, your point is taken. Maybe he won't be. Maybe Bateman won't be. But they both seem healthy right now. So uh, for that reason, I think Flowers might be the third guy to start the year. Yeah, well, you mentioned Michael Pittman. Uh, He's my wide receiver 39. He's in this tier seven for me. I think, uh, I don't know, what what tier are you on? Tier seven? Tier eight? Oh, God, I've lost count. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) But Pittman, you know, Pittman's someone I think, if you recall last year, he was way up there for me, you know, with Matt Ryan there and, I thought, oh, this is a guy who can take a leap, and yeah, that crash and burn, uh, pretty much from the from the jump. So, um, but I still like the player, and just, much like Gabe Davis, uh, both these guys on my dynasty team, by the way, um, I, I still believe, you know. And now you're getting a discount in redraft. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's it's a rookie quarterback. There's going to be some growing pains, but I still like the player. And at wide receiver 39, I have to look up his ADP, but it's probably uh, it's 31. So I have him below ADP. Maybe I'm not getting him much in redraft then, but I I do still like Pittman. And I wouldn't let him let him fall too too far. Yeah, I mean, I have him at thirty five, and honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure I believe in the player quite as much as you do, to be honest. I think he's fine. <laughs> I don't think he's special. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can say that at this point that he's not special. Uh, and I do think that the offense is going to be a very low passing volume offense, uh, at least as long as Anthony Richardson is the quarterback. I mean, if they, you know, have to make a switch at some point, maybe it changes. But yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I I don't know. I for me, it's just how low down can you have the clear number one receiver on an NFL team? That's that's what right. it is with Michael Pittman. I mean, you know, I to me, it's kind of like it. You know, I have been the same tier with Drake London because they're the number one receiver on an NFL team. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and I mean, I think I like London better as a talent, but I also uh, think that he has competition from Kyle Pitts, whereas Michael Pittman, as much as I love Jelani Woods, like there's just not really that much competition for him to be the number one target there. Right. I mean, they, they drafted Josh Downs who might be in the slot, but yeah, I mean, Paris Campbell's gone. Ashton Doolin, I think I saw is out for the season as well. You mentioned Russell Gage. I think Doolin's out. So yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of competition. Uh, one other, one other guy I'll mention real quick. I feel like I'm mentioning my entire dynasty team in this tier, which doesn't say <laughs> a really good thing since <laughs> these are, we're, we're getting into like almost the forties, but my wide receiver 40 to round out my tier seven is Cortland Sutton. So you mentioned that Denver passing attack. Um, I do think Judy has separated himself a little bit. I do think there's like a small chance that he's like that Michael Thomas, you know, in the Sean Payton offense. I don't think that's going to be Cortland Sutton, but you know, Cortland Sutton has, you know, gotten some glowing off season reviews as well. And again, like we had, you know, Tim Patrick out for the season, so that opened up things a little bit. Not that that really was like a direct competition, but like that probably helps Marvin Mims a bit, who we'll probably talking about in a, in a little bit. But like Sutton, just like Michael Pittman, like I can't move him down, but so far, and now I'm actually going to move Sutton one spot ahead of Michael Pittman because as I'm talking about it, I'm like Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, yeah, versus Anthony Richardson and <laughs> that mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, I'm going to put Sutton over Pittman actually. Okay, I'm keeping I'm keeping Pittman well ahead of of Sutton. I just I have Sutton Sutton at wide receiver forty five. I just I don't know, man. He 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 kind of needs to earn his keep at this point. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see Marvin Mims pass Sutton on the depth chart this year if if he Sutton could. doesn't you know make enough plays early in the season. So I feel like his positioning in the uh, uh in this in the pecking order is tenuous at this point. And I also. I do still have some questions about that that Denver passing attack. Like I said, just I I know uh, a lot of it was Nathaniel Hackett, but some of it might have been Russell Wilson too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I like I said, Sean Payton uh, during his later years in, in with the Saints, I feel like got a little more conservative. So uh, I just I don't know if it's going to be um, one of the top passing attacks in the league. Uh, so even if you are the number two all all season, there we'll see how far that can get you. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple other guys though in, in this same tier. Um, Michael Thomas, I have here at wide receiver forty-two. Mm. Now I have him in our dynasty league, so or I have him in our dynasty league, I should say. <laughs> Got to put the right emphasis on the right syllable. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I you know it's about health for him. I mean, when Michael Thomas was healthy last year, he actually looked pretty good. It just was mm. only three games, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like total wild card, but. Um, He's healthy right now. He's he he seems good in practice, and um, you know injuries are are crazy. They're not super predictive. So even though he's been out for <laughs> what feels like an eternity since that uh, 2019 season when he was the number one overall wide receiver, um, I still think there's the potential for a big season for him. Uh, Traylon Burks is dealing with an injury right now, but uh, I don't think he's going to miss a lot of the season, if any. Um, and I think the DeAndre Hopkins addition definitely poured a lot of cold water on Traylon Burks, but he's still a really special talent, I feel like. And, uh, you know, I think I just think he could work his way into a, a significant role as the season moves along. So that's why I, I think he at least belongs in the same class as guys like 
Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston in that regard. I tell you what, if Michael Thomas is healthy, if, if somehow Derek Carr gets dinged up, uh, and Jameis is throwing to Michael Thomas on your dynasty roster. There's going to be a party at the Seifter household. I know oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be lit. Not sure I'm benching Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson <laughs> to get Jameis in the lineup, but you know, <laughs> it'd be good for his dynasty trade value at least. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll maybe the stars will align and it'll be a bye week for one of those guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, I also have Brandon Cooks here and mm-hmm. Romeo Dobbs. Uh, talked briefly about Dobbs before. Like, I think he could get more targets than Christian Watson this season. That like wouldn't be surprising to me at all. Um, I do, you know, he's another guy I kind of liked coming out of college. Like just, he, he looked good on tape to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not like a, a special talent necessarily, but uh, I think he could profile as like a, a heavy target guy. Um, and then cooks, it, it comes down to that Dallas offense. Like if I was more bullish on that offense, I'd have cooks a lot higher than water receiver 46, but yeah, um, I do think it's going to be a pretty run heavy offense, but he's still he's still got some, uh, you know, gas left in the tank if they need him. Yeah, I have I have Cooks pretty much ranked exactly where you said. Um, and as far as Dobbs, I mean, we're going to start having some big differences here probably. Uh, that's one where like I have Dobbs fifty nine and I have Jaden Reed sixty seven uh, sixty five, so I have those guys a lot closer. And I don't know, I might I might move Jaden Reed above Dobbs. Like, not really sure yet. You know, uh, I see your point. Like, I like Dobbs coming out of college too. We could see uh, Dobbs, you know, overtake Watson as far as targets. We don't really know what it's going to look like with Jordan Love, but uh, for that reason, I've kind of lowered him and I've kind of moved him more with uh, with Jaden Reed. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit different uh, than you on Dobbs. Um, some of those other guys you mentioned, Traylon Burks, Michael Thomas, they're at 48, 50 respectively for me. So they're in this tier eight with uh, where I said Sky Moore. Did you mention Elijah Moore in this tier as you were oh, talking yeah. about? Oh yeah, I had him higher. I had him up uh, in the tier with. Um, Rashad Bateman, Jordan Addison, John Dotson, and, and George Pickens. Yeah, we kind of glossed over him. I have him at wide receiver 42, and he keeps moving up. You know, there's a lot of offseason buzz with him, too. And just, you know, we talked about Amari Cooper, but, like, if, if Watson is better, you know, they brought Elijah Moore over there. Um, he, he looked like a special player at times uh, for the Jets and then got disgruntled and, you know, got his way out of there. And so, yeah, he it's not like he was in a Calvin Ridley situation where he missed a bunch of time or something. Like, he just – you know, he had this weird situation, and now I think he's with a team where he wants to be with Watson. So he's a dynamic, a, a, yeah, a dynamic player as well. So yeah, he's he's forty two for me. Where, where yeah, was I'm he for at thirty eight. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just I guess the question is just like I'm get like reading the tea leaves and preseason reporting and things like that. It seems like he's going to be their number two option ahead of Donovan Peoples Jones. But that's one of those things where that that could totally flip on its head after week one so it's like i don't feel super confident about that but at the same time like if he actually is the number two receiver i think he'll probably finish even higher than wide receiver 38 so yeah that's uh that's hedging a little i guess and i mean of course we both like nick chubb we talked about him love nick chubb um but like jerome ford's dinged up it wouldn't surprise me if elijah moore gets a couple couple carries and some interesting packages you know week one overall yeah (laughs) yeah so like we could see some of that too yeah that's true um, so uh, this is I've I've basically talked up to almost wide receiver fifty at this point, and to me there's kind of a big drop off there. Yeah. Um, this is when you get to the point where it's guys that I I just after this it's guys I could draft and easily see dropping them after week one if they don't look good, you know. Like, sure. Um, and, and it's also guys that are just like um, format dependent, you know, because at this point I'm if I'm if I if you have a lot of flex spots or you're starting three wide receivers. Uh, you might be more inclined to take 
kind of a boring guy that's just going to be okay. Um, and that would be guys for me like Zay Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, mm-hmm. Alan Lazard, uh, Adam Thielen. I, you know, I, I actually flipped <laughs> Adam Thielen and DJ Chark because DJ Chark got hurt today. So yep. um, I would take Chark ahead if he's healthy. But if not, then I think Thielen gets a bump. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Tyler Boyd. These are all guys that like Robert Woods. I mean, they're all they're all guys that could be okay, but they don't have a lot of upside, you know. So like, uh, if I'm if I'm looking for a bench spot for a wide receiver, I'm not taking those guys. Like, I don't want to waste a bench spot on these low ceiling wide receivers. So yeah, um, you know, there are some other guys I feel like have more upside, like Nico Collins, yeah, um, Sterling Shepard, um, maybe Kadarius Tony. Uh, or Rashi Rice, depending on where you want to go with other Chiefs receivers. Um, Marvin Mims, we talked about. Michael Wilson um, with oh, the yeah. Cardinals. Puka Nakua of the Rams. Uh, you know, so some of these guys, uh, and maybe even Mecole Hardman, now that um, Corey Davis has just retired it. Sure. I feel like that could open the door a bit for Mecole. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't move up Lazard and Mecole, but I, I need to move them up a little bit. I have... I have Lazard down at 66, but I probably need to move him up to closer to around 60 where I have a guy like Thielen, who you mentioned. Um, a lot of those names, like especially the younger guys and, and guys like Nico Collins, Rushy Rice, those are like 57, 58 uh, for me. But man, Nico Collins, I also have John Mechie up here. You mentioned Robert Woods. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to be different there because I have Robert Woods at wide receiver 99. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I, I'm just like, nah, I'm out on him. That's fine. I'm not drafting him. Like I, yeah. just, I just think... I, I, I don't think John Mechie is going to play over him. Like that's uh, uh, oh. the the reporter beat reporters for the Texans are saying that the that it's going to be uh, Nico Collins and Robert Woods are going to be the 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 starting two receivers in Week One. Yeah, and, you know Tank Dell will be the third guy. So I think Mechie is buried on the depth chart right now. To be honest, I just I don't think it'll take much. I don't know how buried. I mean, I've just seen Robert Woods play, and then Sterling Shepard you mentioned too. He's down at one hundred five. I, I mean, I literally had him off of my rankings and I was as I was adding more guys like one of the first things I did when I joined the dynasty league that we're in was trade Sterling Shepard um I don't remember what it was but it was like you know it was a late round pick or something and then poor guy like you know tore his Achilles uh that season and he's he's still kind of coming back from that so like you know it takes a while to come back from that injury so I just I'm not as far as Giants wide receivers I don't really know. Like, I'm not. I'm not taking Wandale Robinson, who's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, who's the highest ranked giant wide receiver? You has is it is it Shepard? Well, that's why. Yeah, I mean, and and it's moved around a lot already um, this month. So, like, I have Shepard at the highest point he's been all season by far right now mm-hmm. because there were positive reports on him in camp this last week and okay. uh, his career numbers with Daniel Jones are really good. Like he's yep. been injured an awful lot, but when he's actually played with Daniel Jones, he's put up huge numbers. So um, I still feel like he's probably if healthy, the best bet among the giants receivers, but it is a crapshoot. I mean, it could be Darius Slayton. It could be, yeah. um, you know, they, well, they have Paris Campbell now. So like could be him, <laughs> yeah. you know, could be uh, Hodgins, could be Wandale, um, could be Isaiah Hodgins. Like yeah. there's just so many options there. So it is it's a dicey bet, but um I just think Shepard is is one that has some interesting upside. Okay. And uh, yeah, I have Darius Slayton personally the highest. I mean, he was I think he led the team in, in targets and all these things last year. But like uh, I'm probably just going to stay away from the Giants uh, wide receiver. I mean, it, Daniel Jones seems to love him some Darren Waller. So 
I think Darren Waller's the guy, the pass catcher that you want to uh, own in fantasy for sure. Yeah. And I just want to like reiterate though, my other point, which is if you aren't starting any of these guys, like don't roster them, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it, it's just not worth it. Like use those bench spots for backup running backs that could find their way into like massive value. Or if you're going to, if you're going to use a bench spot on a receiver, have it be one of these young guys with, with the upside, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, Puka Nakua, Rushi Rice, Michael Wilson, Marvin Mims, uh, even Nico Collins, I still think like has has some tangible upside. So um, I'd, yeah. I'd do that rather than these dusty guys. Yeah, I agree. And like you, you mentioned, uh, Marvin Mims. Uh, so I had Flowers, Addison, JSN as my top three rookies. Marvin Mims is my wide receiver fifty three, and that you know I'd, I'd bumped him up after the Tim Patrick injury. Uh, I agree with you that it's possible that he could overtake Cortland Sutton. I think. I think he's a really sneaky player, even in redraft, because like you can get him pretty late. So I like I like Mims. Then I have Quentin Johnson as a wide receiver, fifty-five. Another guy who could take a while to get going, right? Because what kind of role will he have week one? But by week seven or eight or something, and if there's an injury, like Keenan Allen obviously was banged up a lot last year. He's getting old. Mike Williams puts his body at risk like every single week. So you can see a, a world where Quentin Johnson uh, is relevant pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's why I have him at wide receiver forty nine. I I feel like he's a little more to me like like those backup running backs where like yeah. one injury away from being a, a really valuable player. So that's a good call. I, I definitely like having guys like that on my bench. Um, a deeper version of that, I would say, is Trey Palmer. You know, because yeah, uh, he's probably at this point one injury away from getting a lot of targets and and a lot of snaps. So uh, obviously not as explosive an offense. So I do have him. <laughs> quite a bit lower at wide receiver uh 85 but it's just like it's just the kind of profile that that we're talking about yeah he could be i you mentioned like guys who you don't want to necessarily take and we were talking i think we were texting a little bit today about certain uh, receiving cores that we won't get to until late and like you mentioned juju i have him at wide receiver 49 now with the patriots uh, i have Devonte parker at wide receiver 69 but honestly like i feel like they should be closer i feel like i should move Devonte parker up a little bit I have Taekwon uh, Thornton quite a bit lower. And then it's like, I don't, you know, do you even want any of these guys? Like, I mean, would you take, I mean, it's like I have Juju ranked the highest, but I don't like totally believe in it. And I think I'd rather take some of these Chiefs wide receivers. How you, you know, you're mentioning Rushy Rice and of course Sky Moore. Um, but yeah, even even a Jonathan Mingo, uh, you know, I have him, you know, a rookie, like you mentioned DJ Shark dealing with an injury already. I could see a world where he's, involved early and so i have him kind of up in this mix with in this tier i I think adam thielen i don't know man like i have him at wide receiver 60 but like that's already really low like the panthers kind of same deal like all these guys we have ranked pretty low so what would it take for like a jonathan mingo to emerge and be the wide receiver one you know come october yeah i just i don't know man i just don't see that much upside with mingo in that offense though so that's kind of the thing that it's a little bit of a downer you know i I'm I'm interested in maybe like Rashid Shahid with the Saints because if Michael Thomas is hurt, then I think he could. I mean, he's shown some pretty yeah. exciting upside in limited opportunities. Uh, Rondell Moore is a guy that like I moved way down my rankings because I don't think he's going to play except in three wide receiver sets. But like, who knows? I mean, Hollywood <laughs> Brown has had injuries in the past; he could miss time, and and then Rondell Moore's value would spike. I think. Um, and also, they're just going to be down a ton <laughs> in, yeah. in games. So they're going to be playing three receivers a lot, probably. Um, so he's still a guy. I have him at wide receiver 68. But, you know, I would take him 
ahead of some of these older boring veterans that I've ranked ahead of him. Um, if it's just for a bench spot, uh, even, even Jamison Williams, I mean, even though we know he's going to miss six games, like he has at least an upside case. You were talking before when you're talking about Amon Ra about mm-hmm. how little they have, um, a wide receiver beyond him. So second half of the season, it's still, it's not <clears> too <throat> late for Jamison Williams to assert himself. I feel like, um, KJ yeah. Osborne too. I mean, like, just even if he isn't, even if he does fall behind Addison, he's still like a, a good wide receiver handcuff. I think, uh, given the nature of that offense, I will say the one one thing about Jamison Williams that really stinks is, yeah, he could be a second half guy, but he's going to take up that roster spot for like the first half of the season, right? Because he's he's going to have that little suspended tag next to him and not IR. So that's right. the only thing that really stinks. And I I tend to just totally shy away from guys like that unless I think this is going to be. You know, just a huge like like last year we were talking about Deshaun Watson, right? Like, how long do you keep and stash? Like Deshaun Watson was on waiver wires, uh, you know, last year because what he didn't play till what was it like week twelve or thirteen or something? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, when he does play, he's gonna be rusty. So like, when do you actually trust him? So Jamison Williams, I'm right there with you. Like he's like wide receiver seventy for me. I've moved him down quite a bit, um, and I probably I'm probably not really drafting him for those reasons because it's like. I'm not going to be confident starting him till like week eight or nine. Yeah, no, I'm right. I have him at wide receiver 69, so I'm right there with you. I, uh, I don't think you need to draft him. I think it's, but it might be one of those things where be a couple weeks ahead of everybody else. You know, maybe like yeah. stash him in week four, or week five, something like that, and try to oh, beat yeah. the crowd. You know, we'll be uh, talking again, about him. <laughs> it really depends on on your league format too. I mean, like the leagues I tend to play in. If you play in like a 12 team league, that's half PPR or standard, like and you only start two receivers and like a flex or something like you probably don't need to draft any of these, this tier of guys, you know? So right. I do want to hit wide receiver well earlier than this. Like I would like when we were talking about those top 50 type of receivers, like I'd like to have four guys from that group. So I don't have to even draft these guys in the, in the 50 to 70 range. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll just, one thing, <laughs> another thing I want to say though about um, Detroit is, you know, they did, they did bring Marvin Jones back. I know he's not like an exciting player. I have him a bit lower, but I started working on my week one rankings. And I like to do that before I start getting into all these drafts because I want to see like, all right, when I get to the end of my draft, if I've drafted some upside guys, uh, maybe drafted a Jackson Smith and Jigba who's going to be hurt or maybe another rookie who I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to start him week one, right? Or Alvin Kamara, right? There's there's guys who you might end up drafting these guys and then you're like, who am I going to start week one? I mean, Marvin Jones. I might rank him as like my wide receiver 50 or something because mm-hmm. in week one they're playing at the Chiefs. And again, like they're going to, they're probably going to have to throw the ball around a little bit. Um, so just something to consider, uh, just like already looking ahead to week one matchups and what could be like look at the Vegas over under totals, things like that. What, what projects to be a lot of points. Uh, and that, that was one that I that just like popped out to me. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, like wide receiver 50, what are you really going to do with that in a normal league? You know, like, yeah, so, like, yeah. in the Fantasy Pros rankings, I actually moved Marvin Jones uh, up. Um, but, uh, I mean, quote-unquote, I moved him up. I moved him up to, like, <laughs> wide receiver 92. You yeah, know? yeah. But, like, I have him lower than that in the ROS rankings because it's just, like, I'm. there's just no point in drafting him, you know? Like, if you're not going to be starting him, like, there's no reason to have him on your roster. Yeah, there's there's a lot more, like you said. There's, there's younger guys with upside. I agree with you on, like, a guy like R- R- Rashid Shahid. Um, Jalen Hyatt is a guy I don't think we mentioned him when we were talking about the, the Giants receivers. Yeah, we mentioned six other Giants receivers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And he's the guy that people are saying, oh, like, really like this guy. I mean, they just drafted him. Um, I, I like this. I like Cedric Tillman 
uh, more, uh, you know, coming out of Tennessee. But like, hey, the Giants drafted him. Wandale Robinson coming off. You know, he's not. He's not playing. You know, week one. So, yeah, like Hyatt could make a name for himself right away. And there's just as you go down the list, like Michael Wilson, you mentioned. I agree. Like he's my wide receiver eighty, but like I probably need to move him up quite a bit because yeah, yeah, he he could be like in like you said two receiver sets. It might be Mike Michael Wilson and uh, Marquise Brown. Yeah, I have him at 64 right now. Yeah. Um, Rashi Rice, too. Like, he's been getting some snaps with the starters. So mm-hmm. that's intriguing um, because I know Kadarius Tony isn't practicing right now, so that might be part of it. But, um, you know, <laughs> they the, the Chiefs do tend to rotate their receivers. So it's not like, you know, it's going to be Sky Moore and MVS all the time. Like, it's, you know, first of all, they'll play three or four receivers a fair amount. But also, like, they will rotate guys in and out. So... Um, if Rashi Rice is getting on the field a decent amount, like he's a, he's a rookie that I would keep an eye on as well. Yep. Well, how deep do you want to go? Any any? I mean, we're down in like the 80s or 90s probably at this point. Yeah. Well, I do want to go back to Puka Nakua. Like, sure. I I love Puka Nakua. I think he's a really <laughs> talented uh, kind of a player. Like, uh, I think he has a, a really clear path to um, snaps mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just don't believe in Van Jefferson and. Um, Tutu Atwell, I certainly don't believe in. So, uh, you know, I really think that Puka Nakua could end up being the, in, at least in terms of wide receivers, the the number two target guy for the Rams behind Cooper Cup. I mean, I do think Tyler Higby is probably the true number two, but uh, Nakua could be three. And with how bad that Rams defense looks like it might be this season, I think that they could have to throw quite a bit, and uh, and he could he could be a guy that makes some plays. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just looking at ADP for some of these guys. Like, Puka is wide receiver 95, uh, you know, overall close to 300. So these are these are waiver wire guys. These are guys you want to – I mean, you can draft them if you want and just see what happens, but you also need to be paying attention. I know you and I, we're going to do uh, – we're planning to do, like, Monday night waiver wire type shows and a little bit of recap and things like that. So these are guys – it's always, like, week one. Right away you have guys and you can really see, like, where the depth charts are, are shaping up. And I agree with you. He could – easily overtake a guy like Van Jefferson. And yeah, I don't believe in anything in in Tutu Atwell. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, honestly, it's a lot of it's just like, look at teams where there's actually a path for their number two or number three receiver to have fantasy value. Because there are Mm -hmm. some teams, you know, you mentioned the Patriots, um, the the Panthers, Panthers. Texans, like some of these teams, like, it doesn't even matter, you know, like, <laughs> like unless you're the number one guy, you're probably not going to be fantasy relevant, you know, and maybe in, even then you might not be fantasy relevant. So right. in those situations, I'm just, I'm not going to waste time on it, but I'd rather stash a guy on uh, explosive offense and hope that they can, uh, they can work their way into opportunity. Yeah. And the chiefs one is the one that we talked about a lot last year. I know you mentioned sky Moore. you have him a lot higher than I do. That's one where you do want to invest in, but it's like it's Kelsey and then Mahomes spreads it all over the place. Could this be the year where a guy like Sky Moore, you know, is a top 20 to 25 fantasy receiver? Maybe. Um, it could also be Rasheed Rice. It could be Kadarius Tony if he somehow stays healthy. I don't even know if we mentioned the name Kadarius Tony. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple times. But okay. yeah, I mean, I, I just, I guess I still believe in the talent with Sky Moore. And um, I, I don't think that it's like philosophically you know, the chiefs are never going to have a number one guy. I just think they haven't had anyone that's, that's deserved it since Tyree yeah. kill was left town, you know? So, um, if, if sky Moore proves that he deserves it, I think he's going to get that opportunity. Yeah. That's a good call. All right. Well, yeah, I think, I think 
we've probably covered enough here, even though we ranked like a hundred plus <laughs> receivers. We, you know, unless you're playing in like a 24 person league or something, <laughs> you probably don't need to concern yourself with those guys. But, right. um, you know, if you do want to talk about that, we're on Twitter. So you can, you can, we'll field your questions in any and all types of leagues. Uh, and we're going to keep uh, moving along also with these uh, uh, position previews. We're going to, wrap up with tight ends uh i believe tomorrow night is the plan so yeah. we'll have four position preview pods this week for you um but yes on twitter uh you can reach out with any questions i'm at andrew underscore cypher and i am at barton wheeler we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast if you like the show please follow share rate and review we are out of here we gone You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.